What's going on? This is Gabriel Menchaca, starting a new series, Image or Imago Dei. And I want to start off right away going into what Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about, specifically on the image of what was on this coin. So we pick up in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. And I'm reading from the ESV, and it says this, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Verse 19, Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? Verse 21, They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. We can find two other accounts in the Bible from Mark and Luke of the same situation. In Mark 12, 13 through 17, uh, he goes over the same thing in Luke 20, 20 through 26. And both of them are basically showing the Pharisees and how they try to trap Jesus into what was very uh, a very volatile situation. And so uh, the Pharisees, they plotted to entangle him in his words, it says. And this is in verse uh, 15, it says this, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. We know that the Pharisees came with the intention to trap Jesus in his words. Uh, their goal was to capture the moment that Jesus lost definition and to capitalize on it. The Pharisees developed a question. They sat and they thought about what they could say or ask him in order to provoke some sort of uh, ill-fated response from Jesus. And, and we know this because it's a, it literally gives a context of what the Pharisees were trying to do. They were trying to trap him by getting him to have to answer a question that they dictated. So if I ask you a question, specifically baiting you, and any answer you give, I know that it's politically incorrect. I know that it could throw off some of those who, who listen to you or are influenced by you. Uh, so this was intentional. But this is where we understand very clearly from the example that Christ set. Christ was not dictated by the wisdom of the world. Meaning, he did not answer the question. He did not sit there and become part of their narrative. He simply responded the way that he knew was necessary. So we know that in celebrating uh, truth and, and teaching, they, the Pharisees came, they, they went to Jesus and they said, you know, we know that you're true. We know that you you speak truth. We they, they In a sense, they puffed up uh, who Jesus was. They were trying to get him to be like, maybe let his guard down. People can flatter you with words. And this is what the Pharisees were attempting to do to Jesus. They wanted to flatter him. We know you're true. We know you're truthful. We know that you're a great teacher. We know that you don't care what others think about you. And, and they even said that he was not swayed by appearances. What they were alluding to was the thought that stature or status did not affect Jesus. He wasn't moved by who a person was. So these were things that were all valuable things. You know, the, uh, a spirit of humility, truthfulness, that, that he was a great teacher. You know, uh, um, this implied power. This implied that he had authority. And so these these words that were they were speaking to Jesus was there to flatter him, to really bring him to a place that that they could then turn around and ask this question that could maybe throw him off. And in this account, there was a lot that weighed heavily on what Jesus responded with. 
So if Jesus responded a certain way, they could turn around and say a certain thing to people and it'd be true. If he responded another way, they knew that they could take that and go and, and talk to people and say, well, he said this. You know, so the reality was that the Pharisees came to Jesus with the intention of trapping him in his words. But we can pinpoint two areas in this. Jesus pointed to the image on the coin to define his position. Basically, he, he presented to them what was already there. And it wasn't anything he had to defend or argue. It was simple. Uh, the second thing was the image on the coin dictated where it was spent. So something already belonged somewhere and Jesus simply called it out. So the image on the coin had no major relevancy to what the Pharisees were asking. The Pharisees were specifically emphasizing the issue of taxes. Now, again, this is something that whatever Jesus responded with, they were trying to trap him. And so what he did was presented them with something that they weren't expecting. See, what happens is the Pharisees come in and they try to dictate and control the narrative. They try to say, we need him to answer this because we could trap him with this. In a sense, we need him to talk about this issue. We need him to speak directly into this issue because then we could trap him by the things he says or doesn't say. So we, their emphasis was specifically on the issue of taxes. The world will always try to emphasize the issues it wants you to be focused on. This is the idea of propaganda or even media, and I'm not necessarily making them synonymous, but what I'm saying is that there is an intentional purpose in presenting information that you would in turn go and talk about it. Define yourself on the position with it. it they want to control how you define yourself. And what we know is that Christ didn't let them. He didn't let the Pharisees control this. He didn't let them control the narrative. He didn't let them control the situation. He responded outside of their context and it blew them away because they were so focused on defining Jesus by answering their question. And so the wisdom of Christ was in understanding their desire for controlling the narrative and he simply didn't allow it. Jesus did, did not allow it. He in turn responded in a way that broke their ownership. It broke the control they had. So one point, and we'll get into it in another sermon, is that taxes were usually the movement that caused revolution. So revolutionary figures, revolutions, one of the majority signs of a revolution is you stop paying taxes because taxes feed into what is the government controlled situation. So this situation, like it or not, and this is the fact, and this is the element in scripture that we're pointing to, this was a very highly political situation. They tried to trap Jesus in a conversation that was political. The taxes themselves represented something much bigger. And like I said, we'll go into that further in another sermon in, this, in the coming weeks, but make no mistake about it, it was politically motivated. They were politically motivated to position Jesus to trap him in speaking about this subject. Taxes, like I said, were part of a revolutionary move. You didn't pay them to protest that you were not in agreement with the governing authorities. And so this was a big issue, but I wanna get back to the idea of image. So this is about image. The world is always trying to impress an image on you. Image is the driving force of social media. 
What we can present online by taking something that we've created, taking something that we've edited, the filters, the, the ability to have that creative control and to post it even from the angles we take the picture, you know, the selfies that we do, this image that we create online is the driving force behind social media. We love to create an image for ourselves. Now the question for the Christian is whose image is on you? Because we know that from scripture, Jesus looked at a coin and, and when he looked at the coin, he said, give that coin to who it belongs. Because what was on the coin? An image, the image of Caesar. And he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So we talk about image very specifically from a biblical perspective. And we know this, that image and who we are in definition comes from scripture and God created us in his image. So we know that if Jesus looked at a coin and defined it and said, whatever image is on that, give it to whose image that is. So Jesus then in terms also says, and give to God what is God's. And the reality of where we come from, our creator, our father in heaven, he created us with an image imprinted on us. In this image, Jesus himself said, give to God what is God's. And this is what also defines you as a follower of Christ, to have this perspective and understand God's image on me. So I give myself to whose image is imprinted on me, nothing else. What does the Bible say about this? What image is imprinted on us? And we clearly see definitive position from scripture in the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, it says this, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then he, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2.7 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Genesis 5, 1 through 2 says this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. So we know that we believe that God created male and female. He created male and female in his image. We are created in the image of God, imago Dei. Image is important because of definition. We are defined by image. And again, this goes back to the idea of social media. What we present online, the image we present, creates our definition. Oh, they must be a millionaire. They took a picture with two Ferraris in two days. It could have been that you just found a Ferrari and took a picture next to it. But the image you created for yourself defines you. Image is important not just to us, but to God. God created us in his image. When Jesus spoke of giving the coin to who it belonged to, we know that we can draw a correlation of what image that is on you is what you'll be given to, meaning given over to. 
the image of Christ, the image of God, the fruit of the spirit, the things that are on us is what we're given to. Also, sinful nature, lust, envy, covetousness, all these things that are, that bring into our flawed humanity, our flawed humanity, the things that are on us, we can be given over to them, just as Christ gave a coin to the image that was on it. The world is always trying to place an image on you because an image creates a definition, which would be like a marketing demographic. Uh, definitions are characterized by politics, music, shoes, even the digital devices that we use to consume media. These are things that define us because of the image that have been created around that brand. And so what we know is this, we can look back and, and I don't know if some of you recall a commercial and in discovering uh, images, the marketing tactic of the world, we, we can see a commercial very clearly in which they presented an image and which image you were is what defined you. And it was a commercial of two, um, competing basically software uh, companies. They were hardware and software companies. And one guy introduced himself and said, hi, I'm Mac. And the other one said, hi, I'm Windows. And the image or brand that they created was they had two individuals dressed differently, one a little bit more uh, cool, hipster, contemporary, and the other one a little bit older, outdated, balding, wearing glasses. And so some of the things that they defined was that this is the image for who you are and what you use and what you buy and what you purchase. And this uh, target demographic was for a reason. They wanted to create definition through image. And image is important in definition. It is. We are defined by the scriptural position pointed out to us in Genesis. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. When Jesus pointed out the image on the coin, he pointed out two things, who it belongs to and where it should be given. So if we can have a biblical and scriptural position on image, knowing that God's image is on us, we were created in the image of God, then we know that we can follow through with this, that we belong to God and we should be given to God, spent given everything in us living for a living sacrifice if we are created in the image of god who do we belong to if we're if we belong to god who should our lives be spent for you were created in the image of god the call of christ is to give to caesar what is caesar's give to the world what is the world's and give to god what is god's Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's.